Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today on the Online Inquirer podcast, Jay Lehman. We're a day late because I was in Vegas, got back on Monday. Uh, so set it up with Jay Lehman to talk about it on Tuesday. But still, fantastic analysis from Jay Lehman on Illinois football's heartbreaking 1917 loss to Michigan. And, and I watched that game again on Saturday or Sunday morning, excuse me, while I was in Vegas. And I'm just getting to see things because I was at Stadium Swim, having a good time, but paying attention to the game. Um, But just watching it even more closely, it's even more heartbreaking because Illinois football might have played its best game on Saturday. It did not play play a clean game. And there were things offensive line-wise that even though they play great up front, uh, huge bounce back from Purdue, Made a few key mistakes. Wide receiver drops, right? Special teams. Man, really has hurt Illinois in three losses this week uh, or this season. And you made mistakes that this team just can't overcome. But then also, right, you just didn't get the breaks from the officials. And I'm, you guys know me. I am not one to harp too much on officiating. I think it's a really hard job. Um, it's a thankless job for the most part. But they're paid to do a job. And there just wasn't consistency. And Illinois had the Indiana game where things didn't break their way officiating-wise. The Purdue game where things didn't break their way officiating-wise. And then this game more than any, in my opinion. Even though those other two huge, huge parts of, of the game, right? This game flipped on a few calls, right? That, that did not go your way. Now, there are things Illinois can control that could have won despite the officials. But they shouldn't have to, to win despite some bad calls. And, and I can understand why Brett Bielma 
with probably a third of their fourth loss um, really hinging on some calls that didn't go their way. And and I think the hard part is that some of the calls that you were called for did not get called the other way. And we'll dive into that with Jay Lehman because that's the first thing he wanted to talk about. And understandably so, because some of those things are very frustrating. The fact that it's outside your control and feels like the other team is not getting the same calls. Yeah, officiating played a role. I mean, objectively, officiating played a role in this game. Um, but man, what an effort. What an effort. And I know that's no one wants to hear that. No one wants moral victories, especially when this game meant so much to the Big Ten West race. And it would have been one of the best wins in modern Illinois history. So Jay Lehman was fired up about to talk about that. You'll want to hear his thoughts on all these plays that that you know the game hinged on. We also talk about some of the positives, including the stars really shining for Illinois. Big bounce back in the trenches as well. And then we look forward to the regular season finale against Northwestern as Illinois now tries to break a three-game losing streak. But, man, that I thought they played as well as they played all season for the most part at Michigan, with the exception of a few key miscues um, that certainly played a role in this loss. So, Jay Lehman, All-American linebacker, All-American analysis here for Illini Inquirer. He's coming up next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, it's Tuesday. A little day late here with Jay Lane, but that's because I was in Vegas covering the Illinois basketball team. But Jay, watching this Illinois football team against Michigan, I don't know how someone who is an Illinois supporter couldn't be proud of of how they played because I thought they played pretty dang well. Uh, The best we've seen them in the last couple weeks. But such a heartbreaking loss, Jay, because I do feel like they played as well, if not better, than Michigan for the most part. But a few miscues in key situations, right, especially on fourth down, a few calls that didn't go their way, some special teams miscues. And now we're talking about a three-game losing streak rather than a monumental upset win for the program. Yeah, you know, I think it would have been a top three win over the last 30 years to go into Michigan when they're undefeated, number three in the nation, and for us to go and, and win that football game. And it sure felt like that. At least it looked like that from watching the game in the stadium and Michigan fans were on the ropes. I mean, they kind of felt the air was out. There's some boo birds out once Blake Corn went out. And again, it comes down to finishing a football game. And that's a that's a step this program really has to take. You know, uh, I would say the one close game we did finish in was Iowa. We were close to not finishing that. Remember, it was a close fumble call by Art Sitkowski uh, that got overturned. That would have been the difference in that football game. But we look at the other close games, the one possession games. Uh, we struggled at Indiana, right, uh, to, to finish that game. Struggled against Michigan State. 
Although it was one possession, we were really battling back late in that fourth quarter. Purdue, we struggled. And of course, this one. So I think we got to take the next step. But let's just get right into it. I mean, we can talk about breakdown. Let's talk about the calls, right, Star? Because that's what that's what fans want to hear, right? That's right. And I thought there were four calls, Jeremy. Uh, you know, I'm hijacking the call right now. Jeremy didn't ask us. No, this. no Jay, right. you know me. Like, I'm always hesitant. I think you are, too. Whenever I talk to players, you know, Trent Meacham feels this way. Like, if we're talking about the refs, you're, right. you're not focused on stuff that you should be focused on. Sure. But it just feels like this game especially, but it just feels like Illinois hasn't gotten those breaks, those borderline gray area calls or even just blatant calls. In this game, I thought there were more blatant ones, which is why Brett Bielmo was so ticked off. Well, 100%. How many times have you seen a head coach been that, been, been that ticked and been that open about it, right? Yeah. So there's something going on. Michigan State – I thought there were some no calls on some pass interferences. I certainly didn't feel like we lost the game because of that. Um, I thought we lost the game because we punted in somebody's butt and we were 0 for 5 on fourth down. Yeah, That's why I thought we lost that game, right? And against Purdue, um, I do think that that was a huge play on Spoon, what we talked about, in which the, the pick got overturned. And, you know, and Brett Bielema made a statement that after he talked to Bill Corello and, 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 and people, you know, at the Big Ten – he said, quote, I wasn't, I'm not happy with the answers that I'm getting, right? Or not satisfied, which tells me most likely if I'm inferring stuff that he called and they said, you know, we missed it. You know, that, that shouldn't have been a call, you know, or that, that was a bad call. And that doesn't put a win back on the board, right? When you're trying to build a program or help confidence be built. But let's get into the Michigan game. Cause I think there were four distinct calls in this game that, that had direct impact. One that I thought that was just totally overlooked by everybody but Brett Bielema. It was overlooked by the TV crew. It was overlooked by everybody was that JJ McCarthy was down on third down, right? Um, although it was for a second, uh, maybe a half a second, he does have control of the football with his left hand and his knee is down. And they didn't even review it, it seemed like. Brett burns a timeout, which becomes critical. Okay, that's critical that that timeout's used as the, as the game goes on. But it, but it's a critical play because I think it would have been – that was a third and maybe eight or third and ten. Would have been it fourth and 13. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been something pr pr pretty devastating as far as down and distance goes. I mean, they would have had a punt. They weren't in field goal range. And what I love is they brought the replay expert in, the announcers did, right? And he kind of gave a non-answer. I, 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 I describe it as like, you know, when I – when I told my eighth grade crush that I liked her, you know, do you like me? It was kind of like, oh, I kind of like your shoes. It was like, it was like not, a, it was not definite. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was not, it was not something. It was kind of like, well, he didn't necessarily have, you know, full possession and, you know, his knees kind of close. And it wasn't a definite answer. But my thing is this is if his hand is palming the ball enough to pick up the ball off the ground with one hand and he's, and his knee rises off the ground, that's possession, guys. Like, like that is possession. That was a huge play that I thought they blew off yeah. uh, from an announcing perspective, number one. And I thought the officials completely missed it. Okay. Let's talk about the, the, the play right before the field goal. I know I'm jumping ahead where it was obviously a drop pass. I've seen that replay all the time. He didn't complete the catch. I know it's only five yards. Maybe it didn't change the game, but what it did, does is this. The closer you are on a windy day, obviously it's easier to kick a field goal. Obviously your angle can be higher, less chance for a block. Also, 
um, they were able to do basically a throwaway play on the next play with very little risk, right, of getting sacked or anything as opposed to maybe running a play to – and didn't have any timeouts. Though, Jay, I, I just want to add the, the the one thing here. Seth Coleman tipped that ball. If that takes a different trajectory, that was a risky play. <laughs> right, 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 yeah, yeah. He, he does tip the ball, right? Yeah. So it, it, good point on that, on that one play, right, yeah. to throw it to the sideline. So – there, there's that, which, you know, I don't know if that one changed the game. Now let's get into the pick play, right? And so, I mean, I'm screaming at the TV. They're obviously using motion against our man coverage. We saw it earlier on a, on a critical, was it third or fourth down, where they brought the guy all the way across with Xavier Scott trying to run with him. And Xavier will learn this, man. you got to, like, bust, bust your hump to, like, get over the top on that, right? Um, you know, this isn't Canada, but you can move – you know, laterally, you can't motion forward, but you move laterally and they do that to kind of make him go through all that traffic and get there. Um, again, exploiting where Taz Nicholson's out. They have Xavier Scott in even my uh, strain was that Tyler strain was out too. Yeah. So, I mean, like, so we're, we're, we were down there. They exploited that on a big play. Then I'm screaming because I kept seeing them use motion to try to get the rubber out going. And, you know, then you have a good matchup. I think you have you, uh, we go to the fourth down play where you have Kendall Smith locked up on Loveland, I think, and Sidney Brown on maybe Gash. And, you know, they fake the motion and then come back to a stacked position. You come back to a stacked position because it's very hard to get a jam on man coverage um, on that second receiver, right? And it did not look like Loveland even attempted no. to run a route, right? Now, you can, you can pick a player if it's – not on purpose and it's you're just running a route right there's a gray area with rub routes right there, there's a gray area with, with, with rub routes right and this has been a point of emphasis for defensive coordinators for the last couple of years i mean we see this a lot in the goal line when, when man coverage is big or on fourth down and you know it's coming and it was pretty obvious that it was it was a pick play to get gash open right and i and and i think everybody saw it um and the fact that it wasn't called which i think they probably had mentioned it probably previously in that game um to the refs was a was a brutal call right that changed the game it changed the game also on the spoon interference which i think you could argue hightower had a similar you know play where it was similar coverage and it was a no call okay and the difference i thought jay was like spoon had spoon had contact but he right. didn't pull Right, he, didn't, he, ne he never pulled. Um, Turner just yanked at, at Hightower. Right. So, well, I didn't mind Turner's initial like you know uh, right. contact. It was the pull. That, that's a clear um, you know penalty, and that would have been a first down. Illinois in Michigan territory. Who knows what happens after that? Well, and, and, and I think Spoon because he's so close in coverage uh, gets penalized more so than he should. Because it's like, man, this guy is so all over people. But to your point, he doesn't do a bit, a lot of pulling. He doesn't do a lot of extension, which we've mm -hmm. talked about, right? So he has really good technique. I mean, they asked Ryan Walters. I don't know if you saw that clip yesterday, you know, and he, he almost he, he did swear a little bit, but just said, I tell him to do the same exact stuff, basically. I they said, Would you tell Spoon to do anything different? He says, No, he covered, he's using his technique, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And then the other beef that I have, um, that I think really needs to be stated is I think Isaiah Adams is playing great. I really do. I think though, unfortunately they're, they're calling holding calls at, at times where you could probably call that, that hold on, on any, on any other play. I, I could see the DeVito hold where he scrambled. I could mm -hmm. see that a little bit, but I'm talking the, the straight up run play holds that we've been getting calls on. Um, and, and here's, here's my thing. 
if if the ball is running is past the defender and the defender is locked up with an offensive lineman and then he kind of reaches back and of course there's you know the the lineman has it that's not a hole the ball's running by you and you know you're trying to get back and fall back and make a play what i see a hold is is the ball still in front of me i'm trying to get off to get to the ball and the guy's holding me i think there's a huge difference Mm -hmm. because when the moment i start going like this and falling backwards well of course you're going to see some jersey pull but his hands were inside and so i think that was before the half um i I believe on isaiah adams that they kind of stymied that but i'm tired of those calls and so i really believe that you know those affected the game. I, I've I've mentioned this before, but you know I, I know a longtime Big Ten coach who's coached as an assistant at Ohio State, has coached at at, at one of the the mid level of programs. You know I call the mid level programs. You know Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern, Minnesota. You know those programs. And he told me when he coached at Ohio State, you know he's like we talk we call it the Rose Bowl flag. You know you're late in the season. You're 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 a team and, and a team has you on the ropes that you should beat, but they're going to beat you. And, you know, it's going to ruin your season, your season, your undefeated matchup with Michigan and Ohio State for your ratings or whatever, or the Rose Bowl, right? And then the flag comes out. And they chuckled because they would say when he was at Ohio State, it was the Rose Bowl flag. And then when he coached for a team that – when he coached for a team that was not Ohio State or Michigan, it was like, oh, we're – you know, there it is again. It's not just an Illinois thing. It's – yeah, so – Do you feel like, you know, some fans think conspiracy. I think it's human nature probably. I, it's the Michael. It's the Michael Jordan effect, right? Yeah. Okay, so you grew up like, like okay. Byron Russell was a great defender for the Utah Jazz, right? And but I mean, maybe he didn't follow him. Maybe he did on, on a bunch of plays. But he's Michael Jordan. There's no way Byron Russell can guard Michael Jordan in your head as right. a ref, right? Human nature. There's no way Illinois should be this good against Michigan. This is Michigan. They're eleven and zero. And this is why I said if we could just have these guys play without jerseys, just just blank jerseys on, and just. I wonder what the calls would look like. Yeah. I wonder what the rankings would look like, right? Because I, I believe it's so much of, of of what we do is the brand and who we are and, and whatnot. And that's why I've been saying early on in the season, I was like, man, Illinois is playing better than anybody during their winning streak. Anybody in the Big Ten. I mean, I put them up against anybody, but people didn't see them as that because they had that Illinois jersey on, right? And yeah. so you work through that. Now, this might be the, 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 the first 10 minutes of podcast I've talked the most, so I'll let you ask some no. questions. I had to get that off my chest, Jeremy. I think it's legit. I think this game more than any. Uh, I thought the Purdue play call that went against you was egregious. I thought the Hightower one was a bad break. Um, that they didn't call it a touchdown on the field and then didn't see enough, I guess, uh, on replay. But that's three games where where close calls have hurt you. And I guess that's going to happen when you're in so many close games, which is a good thing for Illinois. Um, But, man, the season will feel like it's going to be somewhat defined by that. Right, like yeah, um, I think that's the thing. You just don't get many special years, right? So, I mean, let's say that you get two of those wins uh, and now you're sitting at – seven uh nine and two with a chance for a 10 win season possibly a rose bowl maybe I and mean, possibly a really big new year's day bowl right so you're like man you feel like you don't have that many chances at it and i think what's been difficult for this team is um they are simply not good enough to overcome a tough call or a crucial uh critical error at a critical time the way that you erase that stuff is offensively getting a an explosive play and um when they do get explosive plays, which is usually a Chase Brown run, which we did have one, yeah. man, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, man, we got free seven points, right? Where other offenses, you know, can erase that sometimes with a big play and they're right back in the, in the game. And it also doesn't help that 
it's kind of a slow creep on the special teams, but you'll, you'll see that you'll see the field position start to shift. We saw it a lot actually on that last punt, right? Um, and that's been difficult as well, just the special teams angle. Yeah, let's focus on that. I want to get to some good because there was a lot of good uh, in, yeah, in this yeah. game, Jay. But um, <laughs> special teams has killed this team. Um, yeah, Indiana killed the team. Um, Michigan State killed the team. And then this game. Hugh started with a couple. I know the wind has been brutal the last couple weeks. Brad Robbins didn't have a good game for Michigan, so I, I want to clarify that. But the 40-yard punt return sets up a field goal. The, the bad punt set up field goals. Like, if you had better punts, you had a more consistent punt, um, you had good coverage on a punt, it's a completely different game. Well, you you know, it's like we, we can't quite get all the pieces together. At center. You have Blake Hayes with this defense. Man, I'd love to see what – what you know their scoring totals are right because i think sometimes they're giving stuff up on short fields yep. and whatnot um and again it's it's a good teams are going to get some plays on you that, that's just the way it is i mean they don't have to run it like a, the first drive was like a hot knife through butter and they kind of schemed up illinois they were out of their gaps but it's so difficult when a team gets the ball maybe on like their 48 and they have to go we have a kicker like moody you need 17 yards for a field goal right yep I mean that that it not giving up 17 yards is is difficult and it's not 17 yards from the 17 to the goal line which is easier for the defense in a condensed field okay it's 17 yards with the whole playbook open right and so you you got to you got to defend deep you got to defend that and so it's just it's 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 unfortunate i think the special teams have hurt us i do think that um i will say though defensively i was really proud of their effort i don't think anybody you know we've talked about has Illinois out physical teams? We thought of Michigan State. Michigan State had some guys. They had some athletes. I still thought you look at the numbers in that game. Illinois beat them right on in the stat game. Right, outstatted as Gary Muller used to say. Yeah. Um, but I would Purdue was the one game where I thought we didn't dominate up front, and that was you know I thought with George Karloftis gone to the Chiefs and whatnot, this would be the time we would dominate up front. We didn't do that. I thought. Other than that first drive, we were the more physical team, which has got to be really encouraging because if I looked at the tape of college football players, of college football teams, I've seen Georgia play. I think they're the most physical team in college football. I thought Michigan was right up there with it and more physical than Ohio State. Physical, maybe not as explosive. So for us to go with a top five physical team, I know they're top five rated, but I like physical as far as how they like to play the game. And go toe to toe and actually beat them in that. It gave me a tremendous amount of encouragement how far this program has come. Right? It's one thing to beat up on Chattanooga. It's one thing to beat up on a, on a Virginia team that we know is not that good. Um, it's another team thing to, to to even beat on you know Wisconsin team that's that's maybe a little down this year. But this Michigan team is very very physical. This is like Michigan teams of yesteryear. I mean, these are legit football guys. And so I think the growth in the program to see that. Uh, from a strength perspective, from a player development perspective, was really good to see. Yeah, especially after the Purdue game, Jay. I, I, I thought that that's a that's a, such a good matchup. You can out physical them, and they didn't. Uh, so to see that right. was was really good. Uh, I do want to ask you uh, the penultimate drive. Uh, Illinois got the ball. Need a couple first sure. rounds. You can end the game. Um, you got to run the ball at least once, right? Get, get sure. a timeout. You're running the ball well. Uh, people asking me were they too conservative? The second down play call. We'll go over it on, on the film room. Um, that's the one that bothered me because they ran into a 10 man box where there was nobody past five yards. Um, yeah. what, what do you make of how you approach that, uh, as a staff? I mean, that's first off, 
I know you want to be a staff that says, we own the four-minute drill. I'll explain the four-minute drill. I believe there was three minutes to go, yes. right? So a four-minute drill is the opposite of a two-minute drill. Two-minute drill is, I'm down, I need to go score. Four-minute drill is a drill that you run every week, which is, okay, we have the lead. We have to get one first down, maybe two first downs to make them exhaust their timeouts and we can sit on the ball. Probably the greatest example of a four-minute drill in Illinois history is the eight-minute drill, Ohio <laughs> State versus Illinois, uh, you know, in 2007, where we kept the ball for the last eight minutes and 23 seconds, right? First down after first down after first down, right? Now, I know that they want, that Bart Miller and, and Brett Bielema want to look the linemen in their eyes and say, this is on you. We got to go get a first down, right? And I get that. That's what you want to have. I would have loved to see, I don't care if you run the ball. I would love to see Tommy DeVito run sooner. Number one, quarterback draw. I want to get the ball at least to chase one time, but let's do it creatively. Maybe get it to Isaiah on the edge, right? So there's some different things we can do running the ball that's not just in the teeth of it. Also, man, we're on the left side of the field, left hash. We're running to the left hash. I would love to just do a little play action option to either fake, hard fake to chase, because everybody's going to, have DeVito roll to his right and hit, hit Ryman yes. on that little dump pass that we have all the time. It's a high completion percentage. If it's not there, Tommy can run for one or two yards, and you're going to stay in bounds because you have a ton of field, right? So those are what I wanted to see in that time, right? Because I thought, hey, now you might say, well, Jay, when they got down to the 30-yard line, um, and maybe this was when, when their, their best drive in the fourth quarter. They get down to the 30, and the first shot, they take a shot to Hightower, right? Deep. And I, even, even Todd Blackledge says, hey, I really like the I really like the aggressiveness of it. Yes, I, I like the shot and whatnot. I like that they're doing that. But I thought at that time, the reason I thought he took that shot, because he I thought he knew he had four downs. Because he's like, okay, I'm going to take a shot now. I'm still going to have three downs to get the first down because of the wind and where we're at. I mean, field goal range for Illinois has been like inside the 20 the last three yeah. games. So that, that's been a difference maker, right, because of the wind. But then you run the ball on on, on, on second down, and it's third and eight, and it, then the pressure kind of starts to mount. And so he was aggressive, yep. you know, yep. on that. Um, and maybe it should have been a call. Maybe it shouldn't have. And, again, one call goes the other way. One call doesn't go the other way. You know, maybe you have a different opinion. But that kind of burned them a little bit, and they, they weren't able to get any points out of that. You know, where if they got three points out of that, man, it would have made Michigan score a touchdown, right? Which they were having a hard time in the red zone. They, they struggled mightily to get touchdowns other than that first drive. So th there's a lot of different things. That, that's a long answer for a lot of different drives. No, I'm with you, Jay. I just think there's got to be a counter uh, off of those runs. And I think you can have a high percentage throw. you got a 70% completion rate quarterback. I'm okay putting the ball in his hands too. Like I think he's earned that. I think he's earned that trust. Uh, and when sure. teams are scheming up, like when you see ten in the box, man, there's got to be some counter. You can't just be a straight run. Like I think Tommy sure. can make that decision. And as you said, those tight ends have been open. Um, so the tight ends have been open. And you know, I know Ryman's had some drops. Man, I tell you what, I think Ryman's an NFL tight end. It's good. I re I I really do. I mean, I look at his frame, his ability to block in the run game. I know he's had some critical drops. He's just a sophomore. I'm telling you right now, I think Luke Ford's played good when he's been in there too. You know, so I think they've developed guys. Um, you know, I, I thought Luke Ford was going to be an NFL guy. Hasn't played as much as probably he 
we thought he would play this year. And we never know what goes on with that. But, you know, Luke Ford's graded out well. I think I think Tip Ryman, too, I think he's going to be a really good football player. And I'm excited to see this offensive line, especially how many guys come back on this offensive line, um, you know, the guards. I mean, if they come back, uh, Chrysler and, uh, and Adams, how they can be, too. Uh, Jay, the other thing is uh, the stars shined, man. Uh, Chase coming back from injury. Johnny Newton made himself money. And I, I don't know what else I can say about Devin Witherspoon. He was the best player on the field. Uh, I mean, I mean, especially, you know, Quorum goes out. I think Stokes comes in was the second, mm-hmm. the second string back. I mean, I know it's November and some people like to put out their Christmas gifts and, and, and trees early. That dude got lit up like a Christmas tree in November twice by Devin Witherspoon. I mean, I mean, you want to see first, he had a form tackle on him in space like, like it's it, it wasn't like a I, – I don't – I it's hard for me to describe how hard it is to form tackle a running back in space. You have to be a tremendous athlete. I was never a good, good enough athlete to do that. I could have probably done it when a guy goes through the hole, mm-hmm. maybe in the backfield. But what he did in space to Stokes was a welcome to the Big Ten moment. Like, it, it looked like guys on two different levels, right? Like a young player, like, oh, my gosh, I'm running really high. This isn't high school anymore. And then, like, two plays later, I brought him on a corner blitz. I give him a lot of credit on that. Either it was a check to a corner blitz with motion or Walters had dialed it up to do that. The motion brought in Spoon. Spoon then had a really close angle. And, I mean, he, he lit him up. Um I don't think there's a more physical – if there's a more physical corner in the league, I don't know if I've seen it on receivers or tackling. I haven't. Um, I don't think there's been a guy that's been draped over his – I mean, you think about Spoon. Has he been called on a couple of tough calls? Yes. Have you ever seen him out of position this year? I mean, he's just draped over guys. And he's, he's played some dudes now. Mm-hmm. And the Michigan guys are, are some dudes. I mean, like, they he's played some guys. And, I mean, nobody's really dominated him. So, I mean, I know that Todd McShay during the game said, hey, he's probably a second or third-round pick. Listen, if he runs well, I I think he can be a first-round pick. So, I can't say enough about Devin Witherspoon. I do think Johnny Newton had a big bounce-back game. Um, You know, what's so interesting about Johnny is, you know, by by traditional standards, he's a little short for a defensive tackle, probably why he was not a four- or five-star guy. But, man, I I tell you what, his leverage – and his technique is phenomenal um, as far as getting off of blocks. And so really like to see him. I thought Akis played well um, at, at times, is setting the edge and whatnot. So I, I'm excited about where we're headed. We're, 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 I haven't seen us this stout on the offensive and defensive lines for a long time. And so I'm excited about that. And we can see it. We're competitive with everybody we're playing against. That's a good team. It's a good team, Jay. It's uh, just that's why it's frustrating that they've lost three straight here. Um, but you got Northwestern coming up this week, who has lost ten straight. You're playing for a trophy. You're playing for bowl positioning. You're playing for the best season since your season, Jay, uh, in 2007. Be the first eight-win season since then. It'd be the first winning Big Ten season since then. Um, and if you're hoping for some help, you still have a chance potentially in the Big Ten West, though the odds are very, very small. What do you want to see Saturday uh, in Evanston? Well, first and foremost, I want to see a win. Um, I think we've outstatted most of our opponents, right? But uh, we, we want to see the win. I think winning two straight against a rival that's really owned you, it, it, it does start to make a dent in, in, in the Illinois recruiting world. You know, And, and Northwestern can, has continued to recruit pretty solid. I know this summer they were recruiting pretty solid yep. despite 
I think three of the last four years, maybe having three wins or less, right? Um, I think. Yeah. I think I'm right on that. But so uh, that that's that's remarkable how they're able to do that. But I think we're starting to make a dent into Chicago's Big Ten team. I think um, I think Brett has a plan, and I think he's probably the worst nightmare for Pat Fitzgerald in this state is having Brett uh, because I think he's building it the right way, and I think he's building a team that right now should just overpower Northwestern. Now, Northwestern has a way of, like we do, to slow down the game, keep you within a score. I mean, I think they lost by a score to Purdue and and whatnot. And sometimes you can go up to Evanston and there's 10,000 fans in the stands and it's the day after, two days after Thanksgiving, you can kind of lay an egg. I don't think that's going to be the case. I want to see Chase have a big day, just have him go out the right way for what he's done. I think Tommy will be really clean. And um, defensively, I, I I I never have thought this team has given up on you know even when they lost the chance to to win the Big Ten West, we put, saw them play their best against Michigan. So I think they're going to be ready to play, and I and I I shouldn't say lose the chance, diminish chances uh, after that because there's still a chance if Iowa loses and Purdue loses and we win, there's a chance. Um, but yeah, that that's what I'm looking for. Just I don't think it's about improvement at this stage. I think for me, it's about getting that win against your rival and having an eight and four season. Jay, is this a season of what if now? Oh yeah, oh a hundred percent. Maybe not for, maybe not for the players. Yeah. Um, because I don't think they've experienced the success. I mean, in a way, two thousand seven, I've always thought was a season of what if. You know, I don't sure. think you ever knew how good, you never knew how good you were in that. I mean, we lost forty to thirty four against a, a, I would call a top ten Missouri team. I think they had eleven wins. They went to the Cotton Bowl. Chase Daniel was a good player. Jeremy Macklin, Withers, another Weatherspoon, uh, maybe Nick or something. I can't remember who it was. Not Nick. That's the basketball player. But there was a there was a good linebacker that played for them. They had some great tight ends, and we lost forty to thirty four. And uh, we were driving, and, and you know, obviously the juice went out of that game. And Eddie brought us back, and you know we threw a pick late in that game. Threw a you know ten to six against Iowa. We've talked about the penalty. We've talked about we threw a pick late in that game. And then obviously, uh, you know, muffed a punt late against Michigan. They ran the reverse pass on us and lost by a touchdown that game. So, I mean, like, uh, you, know, you you know, you win one of those Michigan or Iowa games, you win the Big Ten championship, and you, you know, you're, you're right there in the conversation of, you know, a lot of different bowl games. Um, but we went to the Rose Bowl. And so I think that made it like, okay, that wasn't a what-if season. That was a remarkable season. Yeah. I think I think with this – it's going to be what if because I don't think this team knew how good they really were because they'd never been that good, right? Um, and so it was difficult. Like when you're playing with Michigan, like, wait a second, we're better than we're, – we're beating these guys. We're better than these guys. And so it's it's one thing to tell somebody that. It's another yeah. thing to go out and play and say, like, okay, I, I am better than this. I can do this. Yeah. Uh, Sean Weatherspoon, by the way, was the line. Sean, he's a good linebacker. Yeah. I know that he played a lot of years, and he, he, I think he, I think he hit Juice Williams in that game and knocked him out. So, yeah, and, um, and, they they had some good players under Gary Pinkle during that era for sure. Yeah, I'm just looking at the stats. William Moore, DB for him, had eight interceptions that year. Ridiculous. Um, Jay, yeah, some, the, some crazy stat about that was I'll never forget is Chase brought, Chase Daniel did not have a. It was like game six until he didn't have a third down um, like conversion. Like like he they, they completed every third down until like game six, which is crazy, right? The only time they didn't do it is like when they punted or they scored. This is crazy. I mean, they not punted, but they uh, they had a turnover. The key for this team, Jay, is to bounce back this week, 
take it into a bowl, potentially Nashville or Florida, wherever you go, um, and then build on it in the offseason, right? Is, is sure. take Because that's been the struggle for Illinois is to turn in one of these really good seasons into another one. Well, I think it's going to be interesting. Teams change so much year to year now, you know? Uh, I, I felt like you kind of knew when I played and before – who you had coming back, what what's going to play. I think with the COVID year and with the transfer portal, it's tricky. Um, but I think we're going to have a lot of pieces back on the D-line. I, I think Johnny's probably going to go on. But I think I think there's a good chance that Keith and and and, and obviously Gabe Ackes is going to be there. Seth Coleman, I think, will be back. And, you know, so I think that's exciting that there's a lot yeah. of pieces on the D-line. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to really – I mean, Tariq has a choice to go or not. I really hope Tariq Barnes stays because I think he's a he's a he's a fourth year junior, right? Or fifth mm-hmm. year junior. And I feel like he's a guy who's actually played really solid. I know he doesn't get a lot of, but I think he's a really, really solid player. Um, so we look at look at some of the pieces that could stay. Obviously, the defensive backfield. I mean, we, we got three guys that had senior bowl invites, right? And and um, you know, they're obviously all going to the NFL. And so I think that's gonna be the biggest. And, and Kendall Smith's gone too as yeah. well. So I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing of like, okay, how are we going to hold up on the back end? Although, you know, two years ago, Kirby Joseph, nobody talked about Kirby Joseph. He plays one year at under Ryan Walters. Now is a rising star for the, for the lions playing great. So who knows who we have on staff? I think they've recruited pretty well. Bailey has gotten some good reps. Uh, Strain's got some reps. Xavier Scott's got some reps. So I think defensively, there's enough pieces there. Who knows if Ryan Walters will remain here? Yeah. Um, you know, if there's – I think if you win 10, 11 games, Walters are for sure gone, and I've and, and probably more of your football players are gone. Um, so maybe that keeps some there. Um, and then offensively, how many people pieces of the offensive line are we going to have back? And I think McCray's going to fill in for Chase Brown. I think Jordan Anderson. I think Aiden Lawfrey is going to be some, some, you know, some players. We've got to get some playmakers in the receiver realm uh, that can stretch the field. I think tight end. I think our inside receivers, our slot, Williams and then Ryman are going to be good players. And of course, it comes down to who's going to be the quarterback, right? Yeah. I mean, but we, and it's 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 it's, it's going to look different without Chase, right? Because he's such a centerpiece of of the offense. So I know I kind of went through every position there. Um, but can you keep Ryan Walters and and how many people come back is a big thing. And who and who transfers here, right? Yeah. Now that they're seeing Illinois successful, does, does that up our game in the transfer portal uh, for what we're doing offensively, what we need, or defensively? It's a good overview, Jay. I want to dive deeper into that next week because uh, okay. we we'll have the off season. Let's, let's dive deeper into that next week. Jay Lamb, you're the goods, man. Appreciate the uh, inside as always. You got it, man. Go Illini. Great stuff as always from Jay Lehman. Get him every week during the Illini football season. And uh, keep your eye out for the VIP film room with Jay Lehman. And if you aren't a VIP member uh, and you're listening to this on Tuesday, November 22nd, go ahead. You can check out all our VIP content for free for one day. It's our way of saying thank you for the support. Uh, and, of course, getting you to see what we do from the VIP level and uh, why you guys should sign up for that because there's a there's a reason we do this. I'll take you in. You get to see some of this content, see what we do, and then if you want it, we have the best sale of the year going on right now at Illini Inquirer. So if you are not a member or you know a friend that hasn't been a member, maybe wants to get one of the best deals, this is the time. 75% off a full year of VIP membership to Illini Inquirer. That's more than $80 of savings just seven cents per day 
for Illini Enquirer VIP access. So you get access to Michael Tulip and Jay Layman's VIP film rooms. It's worth the price of mission of a loan. Uh, then you get all of our recruiting content. So me and Joey covering football recruiting, Derek Piper, of course, covering basketball recruiting, all of our analysis, all our columns, all everything we do at Illini Enquirer to make the VIP experience um, so great. Uh, close to 5,000 members. Sign up and see why uh, people continue to support us at Illini Enquirer because we work hard for it, but we have fun doing it. And uh, the community is a, is a great part of the VIP experience as well. So give us a chance. If you're not already, this is our Black Friday sale. It's going to go throughout the week, 75% off a full year of VIP membership. Thank you for your support. You guys have been awesome. Your support allows us to go cover events like Las Vegas, go cover uh, events like the Jimmy V Classic coming up and helps us go cover the bowl games as well so your support your allows us to have the resources to cover illinois we think the way this fan base deserves to have illinois covered um fairly objectively uh with passion and uh we love doing that so thank you all if you're a vip member already for all your support whether you just listen to the podcast whether you just watch us on youtube we appreciate you guys and uh support us whatever way you can if you can't do a vip membership check out all our free content check us out subscribe to us on our podcast subscribe to us on our youtube channel we appreciate all you guys so thank you for listening to the online choir podcast we will chat with michael tulip i'm chatting with him later today so that'll be up in the podcast likely on wednesday morning and of course we'll have more of a preview of what's coming up this weekend in the land of lincoln trophy game uh, more illinois basketball talk as well so thank you as always for listening to the online choir podcast give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcast do check us out on our youtube channel give us the like button subscribe to us there as well and please if you don't already sign up for that vip membership good time to do it huge month for illinois football recruiting of course for illinois basketball coming ahead everybody take care of each other have a great day we'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.